The following program was previously broadcast. Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. Today's conversation will be with Dr. Art Nitz uh, here at the University of Kentucky. And uh, Art, welcome to today's broadcast. Thanks, Glenn. Good to be with you. And uh, you've been a professor here for how long? Well, I began in 1984, and so um, I've actually started my 30th year of teaching here at UK. I was also a doctoral student in the Department of Anatomy and Neurobiology for four years, so I've really been here for 34 years. All right, oh. so uh, quite a veteran. <laughs> and, uh, yes. Are you thinking of retiring uh, in the near future? Or? Well, I, I think they're they're thinking of retiring me. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, not as yet. The Lord has that on the on the horizon, no doubt, sometime for me, but uh, not just yet. All right, and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and uh, how did you come to know Christ originally as your Savior? That's a great question. I was raised, I uh, had the privilege of being raised in a Christian home, and uh, my parents uh, took all seven of us to church on a regular basis. Um, we usually opened and closed the church, <laughs> like a lot of families do, so we were, we were uh, there for, for virtually every open-door event that uh, we had. When I was five years old, I was actually in the Panama Canal Zone, and um, I remember hearing a fellow by the name of Don Wurtson okay. uh, give a little talk uh, to us little kids um, in our Sunday school class, and he convinced me that I was a sinner. Uh, and I, of course, I, I didn't need much convincing. Um, uh, my parents had def- definitely uh, trained us, even at that early age, to, to recognize that we needed a Savior. And so I, I went forward in response to an invitation. And I uh, can't say that my life was just uh, unrequited growth from that point forward, but there were certain key steps along the way. And one, one in particular was while I was a freshman at Wheaton College, I really had a, I would, I would say, kind of a, a life-changing experience uh, with the Lord just kind of in, in the middle of a Bible study. Uh, just uh, the Lord really got a hold of me and convinced me that uh, I really needed to serve Him and uh, just a number of other things. And, and uh, it was a real turning point in my life spiritually. Tremendous, tremendous. And so um, you became a Christian as a young boy and then uh, went to Wheaton College, which uh, is a Christian uh, college mm-hmm. is it That's university right. now? Or? Uh, it's still Wheaton College. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's more academic, uh, cultural than it is athletic in some ways. But uh, uh, no kidding, I went there to play football. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, right. I had the privilege of playing on a high school football team that never lost a game in four years. So I, I was used to kind of high end football, and I went to Wheaton, and, and we were at the bottom of the conference. Right. <laughs> so it was a bit of a culture shock for me in that regard. And it took a while for me to realize I was there to be a student, but. Uh, that's part of what the Lord kind of convinced me that I, I really needed to be serious about everything in my life and, and not just uh, trying to become a better athlete. So, All right. And uh, I know you're, uh, from personal experience, know you're a veteran here at the university because we first met uh, right. maybe 10 or 12 years ago and you were on our program for one uh, interview back then. That's correct. I remember that very well, yeah. All right. Yeah. And I've uh, been in contact over the years. And you are a dedicated follower of Christ and open about your faith and uh, even as a professor or as a clinician, you have opportunities uh, to uh, uh, identify yourself as a Christian. How do some of those things come about? Well, I have patients in, in general are, are in a uh, they're in a typically open mode. Uh, they're hearing from someone when you're speaking with them who they already 
expect to be an expert in their field. Uh, and if you give any kind of indication at all that there are spiritual issues involved as well as physical, um, I find that patients are generally open and receptive. And a lot of times they'll ask you, well, what do you mean? Um, they'll or they'll mention something that's stressing them out, uh, some major stressor in life, and they don't know what to do. And, and it's an opportunity to say, you know, what I found is that uh, I, I ask God to help me at times like that, and uh, I'd be happy to share that with you. And invariably, the person will say, oh, I want to know more about that. Mm. Um, that rarely uh, have I had somebody say, I, I'm not interested. Right. Uh, so th there's an openness that you find, and, and I've even experienced this with people of different religions. Uh, and I'd be happy to share uh, one such experience if you'd like. Yeah, uh, I think well, you yeah, mentioned it yeah, a, a little yeah. bit earlier before we turned right. on the mic in terms of this fellow yes. from India. Right. I'm working with a, a patient from India, and um, uh, he indicated that he was getting ready to, uh, if, if his knee can hold up, he needs to go to, to India to return and do some sort of a, um, a shrine um, visit at which he has to climb 6,000 steps uh, mm. and it's part of the the uh, sort of religious experience to go through the climbing of the steps to get there and I said what is the purpose of the of that particular uh, uh, trip that you're making and he said well it's it's basically to to uh, take care of my sins so I thought, well, there's an open door right there. Right, right? Sure. He at least recognizes that there's such a thing as sin, which, you know, a lot of our cultural elites, they don't even recognize that. So I said, well, you know, how many steps does it take to actually rid yourself of your sins? And he looked at me and he said, I'm not sure. I said, well, can I share something with you? He said, sure. Uh, and so I, I had an opportunity, and of course he knew, living here in, in the United States, he knew about Jesus, but he, I don't think they've actually heard the gospel plan laid out. So I just laid out for him the, the need for salvation, the fact that we're all sinners, that there's nothing we can do in and of ourselves, uh, meritoriously. Not enough steps, yeah, right? Not enough steps. <laughs> and by the time we finished speaking, in, in about three or four minutes, he said, I, th I think you're right. There aren't enough steps. Of course, he's still going. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he has an, an opening. And I've treated this individual before, and, and um, we'll have more conversations. So I, I just pray that God opens those doors and uh, that I'm not asleep when those opportunities uh, hit. Sure. Because they do on a rate, fairly regular basis. And I really find that a, a great opportunity for ministry. Yeah. Great, great. And here, yeah. uh, you accepted Christ through the Panama Canal outside yep. the United States. That's and, right. And here's a fellow from India, and right. God is the God of yeah. uh, the universe. He right. made everything, and uh, yeah. Jesus is the Savior. Yeah, he brings yeah. intersections from all, all over the place like that. So, yeah, it's a God is providentially uh, just putting people in our paths on right. a regular basis. Right. And uh, he said, Jesus said one of his last commands, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. There is only one payment for the penalty of sin, and that's the cross of Calvary. And uh, trust that that uh, mm. relationship will develop and uh, that individual will come to uh, realize that the answer uh, mm. to his relationship to God is found in Christ. Yeah. Uh, but so you have these opportunities and uh, you've uh, been here a number of years at the University of Kentucky and as a professor. And uh, you're um, a faculty advisor, I understand, for one of the campus ministries. So which uh, organization yeah. is that? I've had the privilege of being the faculty advisor for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes for uh, about 15 years now. And the activity of the FCA in central Kentucky is, is quite 
uh, vibrant. I've had the privilege of speaking at their meetings, attending their meetings, uh, and then certainly um, we, we have a, a yearly get-together uh, in, in two ways. Uh, one is there's a, a fundraiser that we do every year that, attended by about a thousand people in Lexington at one of the large largest churches in the area. They have some nationally known speaker come in, uh, but we help to fund that. Uh, mm-hmm. So the ability to, to have resources has allowed me to participate in that way. And then secondly, every year there's what have, a... What have yeah, some of the speakers been at uh, uh, those events? Uh, Dan Reeves, a former football mm-hmm. player for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, head coach, uh, was... Uh, at various uh, places, including uh, Denver, uh, Denver Broncos. He was the head coach there, I believe, for a while. Uh, so Dan Reeves was one. Uh, Jacob Tammy is a fellow who was uh, kind of an All-American tight end here a couple of years ago and actually was drafted uh, and played uh, tight end for the uh, Indianapolis Colts, uh, receiving passes from Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And when Peyton Manning got uh, sent out to uh, and transferred over to the Denver Broncos, uh, guess who we took with him? Mm, okay. <laughs> he, he asked that, and, and it worked out that Jacob Tammy ended up back out in Denver. Right. Uh, okay. he, he liked the way he caught the ball, the way he uh, helped his offense, and that sort of thing. So uh, Jacob, um, just a really intense follower of Christ, and mm. uh, he gave a really compelling um, uh, uh, talk a couple of years ago and, and uh, basically highlighted the work of an Alliance pastor, uh, A.W. Tozer. Oh, he'd been okay. reading Tozer lately and was just really impressed with the depth of his uh, uh, experience and his challenge to him spiritually. My, my father was a real uh, follower of A.W. Tozer's writings, mm-hmm. and what struck him was the fact that he would oftentimes have to read a, a passage or a paragraph twice to get what he was getting at. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he learned that A.W. Tozer w- was educated to the eighth grade. Mm. That his formal education uh, was of necessity for family matters uh, actually completed that he was just a gifted man uh, in terms of thinking and, and uh, thought and writing. Right. So anyway, those are the two two examples. Uh, the other uh, situation we have here at UK or in Central Kentucky for Fellowship of Christian Athletes is they they do a high school a statewide high school get together. It's a two day affair. All the high schools that have a huddle an FCA huddle in the state show up here in Lexington and there are a couple of thousand kids it looks to me like they're just everywhere mm. uh, and then they have uh, special talks um, that, that the kids can break up into various groups of about 40 50 60 right and attend these various talks that are going on simultaneously you can go to about two or three of them uh, and every year I'm, I'm asked to give a talk on creation evolution and it is um, this is no credit to me at all because the information is the information, but it's the most heavily attended uh, of all the talks, and the, the students uh, really appreciate that. And I've actually had opportunities to use those experiences to speak with other groups, uh, people who have heard those talks on challenging the evolutionary viewpoint about life and recognizing that uh, special creation and, and biblical creation is, is a far more satisfying intellectually uh, viewpoint, uh, has challenged students who were sort of teetering on the edge and um, encouraged them to follow Christ, uh, but also to uh, um, uh, just be strengthened in their faith. Right, so. right. And of course, in our secular universities today, uh, that's not a popular position to take, is that uh, we're created by God, yeah. uh, but rather evolution has the dominant uh, control of the science departments. Yeah, it certainly does. You, there, there's a great deal of, uh, you know, from the documentary Expelled to uh, a variety of other uh, situations that have arisen uh, across campus. One of them occurred right here at the University of Kentucky. Uh, Gene Gaskell uh, was actually 
essentially hired, already hired, to take over the um, Student Observatory Center in the Department of um, uh, Astronomy. Um, and then word got out that he had given a talk several years before on the possibility of intelligent design. Just the mere mm. fact that he mentioned that right. got, got out in a uh, internal email network uh, inside the university here, uh, and he was blackballed. Mm. Uh, and when that became clear, uh, Gene Gaskell, to his credit, sued the University of Kentucky for breach of contract. And the university settled, <laughs> which I wish they hadn't done because it would have otherwise gone to a trial. Right. But they settled for one hundred twenty-five thousand mm. dollars to make this go away. Yeah. Uh, so they they were uh, guilty as all get out. Right. <laughs> in in uh, basically blackballing on um, yeah, another academician with impeccable credentials. Yes. So, yes. And that yeah. uh, it was the story of the expelled yes, movie. Yes. Right. Colonel uh, Gonz um, Gonzalez and just you know these right. tremendously well-attested scientists right. who simply because they have a different viewpoint on these matters uh, get, uh, get blackballed. And I'm, I'm happy to say that has not occurred here. Um, uh, I gave a talk uh, a couple of years ago to a local high school um, and I, rep I represented myself as a faculty member at the University of Kentucky but that I was there by invitation from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes at this high school right. to give this lunchtime talk. Mm -hmm. um, Word got back to the University of Kentucky that a scientist from UK was uh, was giving a talk about creation. That I I received notice from the provost of the university, from the department chair, and from my division chair, uh, just to want to make sure what I was doing. Right. And I explained very carefully and clearly what I did, and they said you're perfectly within your rights. So Tremendous. to the credit of the university, um, there is freedom of, of expression, and I'm grateful for that. And I've uh, I've really felt that in many ways here at UK, even though it is a secular institution, the official religion of virtually every secular institution is is atheism. There is no God. Now where do we go from there? Uh, and yet I, I feel the freedom to to speak when asked. Uh, in the appropriate venue here at UK, so I'm Tremendous. grateful for that. Tremendous. Yeah. Well, I'm here with Dr. Ardnitz at the University of Kentucky in physical therapy, and uh, we're going to continue this interview on our next broadcast. And thank you for joining us at the Lions Den University Report. You have been listening to the Lions Den University Report. If you would like more information about the Christian life, or would like to contact the Lions Den or one of the guests, please write us at the Lions Den. Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844. Or email ltcldur at yahoo.com.